Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. There's a clock on the wall and it's moving too slow. It's got hours to kill and a lifetime to go. And I'm holding my breath till I hear the last bell. Then I'm coming out hard and I'm giving them hell. I'm a superstar and you don't even know it In a wonder bra and you don't even know it You're so blah blah and you don't even know it I'm like au revoir and you don't even know it Hey guys, welcome back to Patreon with Cheese I'm joined as always by our wonderful video editor My good friend Elizabeth Eston Say hello Elizabeth Eston Hello, I am here How are you feeling today? I'm good, I'm good Good. I'm not as dressed up as you are, though. I mean, so. yeah, I'm getting ready for prom, so currently I'm wearing a dress with fake eyebrows and my makeup's all done. Yeah, he looks fabulous. I do. You guys I can't do. see him, but he looks fabulous. Yes, I look great. My fake tits are on. I feel wonderful. Yes, they're so jiggly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, the, the, the skit's over. Everyone's talking about Jamie, or everybody's talking about Jamie. Yes. Um, the film adaptation of the stage musical that originated in London. Um, me and Andrew covered the original stage show on our regular feed for Pride Month about two years ago. Um, and they recently made a film, which was, like, finished when we recorded that episode. Then they just put it on hold until now. Dear Lord. <laughs> Like, that shows you how much it, well, because of the Fox merger with Disney, Disney was like, what What the hell do we do with this? Yeah. <laughs> Give Disney, it to Amazon Prime, I guess. Yeah Disney, yeah, Disney took Love, Victor off of Disney Plus because it was gay. I mean, it had alcohol consumption. Okay, let's, let's like, I know we usually pause, like, after five minutes into conversation, but let's pause for a second and talk about Disney Plus. Um, remember when they were supposed to have a Lizzie McGuire show on Disney Plus? Like, that was, like, one of their first commercials was, like, hi, I'm Lizzie McGuire, I'm back. And then they canceled it at, like, one episode into filming because it was too adult. And then the show is just canceled forever and never released. It's so weird. But I think someone, like, I think Hilary Duff was like, I hope people liking the iCarly reboot will make Disney want to make the Lizzie McGuire reboot. I'm like, no, no, it's not going to happen. What do you have against Lizzie McGuire? I feel like you've got this deep hatred against Lizzie McGuire. I don't have, I don't have a hatred for Lizzie McGuire. I just, she has my name, so... I mean, it's what dreams are made of, Liz. Yeah, no, I love that movie. I just don't, I I just really deeply dislike Lizzie for a nickname as for an Elizabeth substitute. So that is my, that's my vendetta. It's like Andrew hates Andy. Like I've never called him Andy and I never will out of respect of his wishes. I call Andrew Lloyd Webber Andy all the time though. I do. Andrew Lloyd Webber feels like an Andy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Andy, how you doing? Andy, Lord of Sidmonton. Lord of ah, Sidmonton. I'm, I'm Andy. Is he uh, the Baron? The Baron of Sidmonton. Yeah, he's the Baron. And Sidmonton just happens to be a castle he owns. <laughs> of course he owns a castle. <laughs> of course he owns a castle. Um, let's talk about, everybody's talking about Jamie. Um, a 2021 biographical coming-of-age musical comedy drama 
film directed by Jonathan Butterell in his feature directorial debut. Um, I think this is a very, very good movie and a very, very good adaptation that makes very smart changes. Okay. What did you think on your first watch without the context of the stage musical beforehand? The first watch, I, I didn't know what to expect. I knew it was about, I knew it was about a true story. And I looked a little into it, but not like a ton. So right. I was like, okay. And I knew of it because I'm a I'm a drag race fan. So <laughs> I follow a lot of drag race contestants. And a lot of them have been in Everybody's Talking About Jamie. So I was familiar yeah. with it by like proxy. So Are going into Rupal it. Are you a fan? I, the fracking. <laughs> the fracking. Uh, that's yeah. all I have to say about RuPaul. <laughs> RuPaul is... RuPaul's made some mistakes, but he's turning around the whole trans contestant thing, which is, uh, I guess that's good, but he said a lot of bad things in the past. <laughs> so, the most recent All-Stars winner was a trans woman, so progress? I don't know. I'd but rather I, you get better than get worse. Exactly. Uh, I knew of the show, I was like, this, this seems very fun. It's probably, it's pretty, it looks pretty gay, because they keep putting drag race contestants in it, so they're trying to appeal to a certain demographic. <laughs> Like, you put Bianca Del Rio in something, and you know what audience you're going to get. Right. And I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, this is going to be fun, at least. And then I started watching, I'm like, this is very good. It's just a lot of fun. It embraces its own campiness. It has a main character that, in a gay coming-of-age story, isn't, like, a repressed person who's, like, not comfortable with who they are, which is not which is pretty not common in a and lot of a movies like that this. supports him um yeah. there's never like the overcoming like oh there's not a, this isn't a coming out story which is immediately no. oh thank god thank god like everyone already knows he's gay it's like okay thank god he's coming out as a drag queen it's a little different he, so. he, it's not the same kind of story yeah and i like how he's like confident but also not like you see behind the weakness of his like own backs his own like past affecting right. him and he's projecting confidence and people don't think it's affecting him mm-hmm. and he's got friends he's got connections no one is like there's only one outright bully it's not like a systemic issue yeah like only um, one person makes fun of him all the other one everyone else in the class is like super supportive of him and nice to him it's like yeah it's really refreshing and that's almost like framed as a twist in the last scene where it's like, no, nah, we're all fine with it. <laughs> no, no, we're fine. He, he looks beautiful. Let's let him go to prom. He's wearing a, yeah. he's wearing a great dress. I mean, I, I think he looked beautiful. It does it did kind of look like my first communion dress. <laughs> <laughs> the, the final prom dress choice. Yeah, it looked a little like the first communion. <laughs> my first communion I dress. I see that. But he did look very nice. So, and he had very natural makeup on. It was like, okay, so he's being himself. But he's also being yeah. his drag persona, which is a lesson that everyone on Drag Race eventually learns throughout the competition. Formulas, they work for a reason. They do work. Yeah, I think, um, also, I love the mom. I yeah, the, the mom, mom is And I love Ray. I love Ray. I love how half the scenes are about her sexual exploits. <laughs> Ray like, I, is the best. I have, I have a new man. <laughs> Three scenes later, I have a new man. New new man. <laughs> I broke my car at the car wash. If you could describe the plot for the for the kids at home um, in less than like three paragraphs, how would you do it? Three ah, stressful. I'm kidding. Um, so basically, Jamie New is a 16 year old boy living in Sheffield, England, and he is out and gay in his uh, very conservative. Is kind of conservative school. They don't mm. are allowed to like they're stuck in uniforms and stuff. And so he wants to become a drag queen. So his mom buys him a pair of heels for his birthday, and his friend Pretty who pretty i i'm just gonna call her pretty because she's pretty pretty patel <laughs> pretty patel i love her too she's she's great in this um uh, they n- no spoilers but they use their f-bomb their one pg-13 f-bomb very well with oh uh, very smart to give it to her because it's like you expect <laughs> jamie to say it and it's like exactly. oh it's pretty who's saying it oh shit like you feel the same way that the rest of the people are like oh my god you said a swear oh my god pretty you curse. <laughs> Also, I love the Sheffield the accent. One. Anyway, back to the plot. Um, yes. So Pretty uh, tells Jamie, hey, if you want to be a drag queen, you should wear a dress to prom and be a drag queen. And Jamie's like, that's a great idea. Let's go do it. So he finds a drag shop in Sheffield, which seems a little weird, but I guess there's one in Sheffield uh, where he runs into Loco Chanel, or I think his name's Hugo. That's his boy name. Yes. So his writing name is Loco Richard Chanel. Richard E. Grant. 
Richard E. Grant, who's delightful. I love He's Richard E. Grant. The highlight of this film. His character is always the highlight, even in the musical. They oh, yeah. change him up to be a much more pathos-driven character and less of a comedic sidekick. Yeah, like in the original show, they have a song about how the dress that Jamie wears was actually white, but it got covered in blood. So now it's It's red. a great it's a I, great I, song. If you can find the pro shot of this, highly recommend it. Or even the soundtrack on Spotify. It's a different feel than the musical, which I would be less okay with if we didn't have an already very well done released pro shot. If yes. you have a pro shot, do whatever you want with the movie, is my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. If you have a very good pro shot, which also has Drag Race Season 1 UK contestant Vinegar Strokes in it. So it's great to see her. Love Vinegar Strokes. <laughs> I watched a lot of Drag Race. Um, I'm a big fan of Drag Race. I've seen at least every season. I've seen most of the seasons twice. Um, it's a good time. It really helped me get through my post grad life. So I was very stressed out. So I just binge watched Drag Race because I'm like, I'm a post grad. I don't know what to do with my life. I'm gonna watch Drag Race. It made People me feel love a lot Drag better. Drag Race. It I is do. an incredible show. I never got into it, um, but yeah. I see how it affects others, and I'm like, ah, oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. No. And so he goes to the drag trap and Logan Chanel is like, I'll help you. I'll be your mentor or I think, I guess kind of drag mother because he's the first one who puts him in drag. Yeah. So technically the drag mother. So then it's like, oh, you're going to perform at this club. And then he performs the club and everyone loves him. And then he gets way too cocky. And girl he, boss too close to the sun. Yeah, he, he girl bossed. He girl bossed. He tried to sell essential oils on Instagram. Oh, no. He he said, hey, hun, to his old high school friends. <laughs> he hasn't talked to him in five years. Still doesn't happen to me in real life. <laughs> You're getting too real here, Liz. I am. I'm getting real. Um, talk. Of, we we got to be talking about Jamie. So Jamie just kind of girl boss too close to the sun. Yeah, he girl boss too close to the sun. He became his drag persona when he wasn't in drag, which is like a lot for some people. So yes. drag queens are meant to be on a stage for um full full versions of them are meant to be on a stage. You can take parts of your drag persona and put them in your real life, but don't right. be, be the whole ass person. Imagine if I talked like this in everything I did. Oh lord. I feel like that's what my drag persona it would be deeper than my normal voice, in fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh god and then uh he, he jamie has a mild breakdown after he finds out his dad doesn't want him in his life anymore like at yeah. all because his new wife is now pregnant with a son who he always wanted oh oh and that's a bad it's a, it it hurts it, it it's painful also the dad's played by ralph innocent and he's he does a good job with what he's given which isn't much because he's not really yeah. in it that much but every scene with him is heartbreaking it's like oh my god yeah, he, he. I can't not just hear the witch voice, um, where he's like Tomlinson anytime he talks. So, oh, yeah, he's a great voice. He has a great voice. Yeah. Um, very homophobic, very problematic dude in the movie. Not, not, very not homophobic. a fun guy to watch. No, he only there's a during walls in my head. You see him only liking Jamie when he was playing sports. So yeah. Um, and then it wraps up pretty quickly. He goes to prom. The teacher that's strangely like. Karen-esque. Um, yeah, is like, she is very Karen. Go. Yeah, Miss Hedge. Her name is Miss Hedge. And then like, let him go. And then let him go. Yeah. And then they let him go to prom. And then he, like, kind of courts the bully in a kind weird of? way. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it, a little weird. It, it, it gets a little formulaic in the end, where everything wraps up a little too neatly. Yeah, especially with Dean. It's like, uh, maybe just have oh. Dean walk in on his own and apologize yeah. to Pretty on his own volition. Yeah. For being racist. I'm sorry I was a racist that made fun of you for being a virgin because your religious belief says that you should. Yeah. I'm sorry I made fun of you for your sexual identity, which actually doesn't matter in the long run because who cares? No, like, who gives a shit? Virginity is a construct, guys. Who gives a shit? I mean, yeah. Have I mean, sex when you're ready. I don't care. I mean, sometimes people are a little too open with their virginity t talk. I think about a moment in band where a girl screamed out in a w so so loud that the band teacher reacted like, "Yeah, I'm a virgin, but I'm not an ass virgin." <laughs> so she was Catholic. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least they're not soaking, which I hear the Mormons are doing. Do you know about this? Do you know what soaking is? Uh, do I want to know what soaking is? Oh, I get to tell you what soaking is. And do you know what jump humping is? 
Oh god, that sounds terrible. Okay, Does it so involve trampolines? This went around TikTok recently because, you know, I am a 14-year-old girl at heart and I look at TikTok more often than I probably should. Um, apparently, Mormons, in a- because this isn't technically sex, they will just get on top of the penis and sit there because it's not sex if you're not moving. Then you have a friend jump on the bed, so they're the ones causing the friction, not you guys. You're staying still. And the friend is jump humping. So they're soaking while your friend is jump humping. <laughs> I don't. Well, and it's all good in God's eyes. Well, I mean, well, I guess, but I apparently Jesus cries when you masturbate, so I don't know. I mean, if you're, I remember this being spat out to me by like my Christian people. It's only bad if you're a guy because you're killing babies doing that. Yeah, ladies, you, 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 God cries when you have your monthly. Yeah, because that could have been a baby. It could have been a baby, but uh, um. I don't, so girls I'm, can masturbate all day and not make God upset, but if guys do it once, like that, you're murdering children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a real shame. It's a real shame. But, but also, abstinence workshops will do a demonstration with tape, and then they'll put a bunch of tape on different people, and Why? they'll show uh, it, to demonstrate that if you have sex with most partners, you're not as valuable because the tape isn't as sticky. What? <laughs> it's a real thing that abstinence workshops do. Also, they use gum as a metaphor. It's like, if multiple people chew this piece of gum, it will lose all its flavor. No, what? So you need to save your gum for one person. Are you saying pussy gets worse every time you use it? According to abstinence workshops. I w- oh, hold on. I want to go to an abstinence workshop. Hey, 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 abstinence professor, teacher person. Explain this to me. Does pussy taste worse every time it gets used? I don't get it. Please explain in as detailed an explanation as you can how exactly this experiment works. Yeah, it's it's not oh it's not a it's taste issue you could say it's more of a value as a woman issue. Wait, does it work the same way for man? If the more you use the dick, the less good that dick is. Yes, it works both ways. How you, I don't get you it. You lose your value as a person if you have sex with multiple partners. How? In God's eyes, like, is this a secular explanation or is it just a Jesus I'm pretty explanation? Sh- I'm pretty sure it's a religious explanation, but there are some, I don't, I can't remember right now, but there might be some non-religious secular people that believe this. I'm not clear, though, at the moment. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to harp on this, but this is a confusing metaphor that I don't think the abstinence people thought through. I mean, if they're like, hey, STDs are bad and pregnancy can get you, can change your life. Yeah, I kind of get that explanation. But like, the gum you chew is going to get worse with every, I mean, probably, but gum ain't a a dick. Yeah. If they were like, it never made this gum sense. and then roll it on the floor or something, I'm like, you don't no. want to put that in your mouth because it's got shit on it. That would no, not be an explanation gum. for ST- STDs or whatever. Like, no, it's ugh. just the act of chewing it and with multiple people, it loses its flavor and value. Okay, let's germs that could be it like hey you don't know what germs that has and you got to be careful and you might want to think twice like that's a good lesson at least yeah the flavor the flavor is is indicative <laughs> of your value as a woman this is i'm sorry i i, I fucking hate white men because i know white men came up with this bullshit oh totally totally so know. valid why does it matter how many sexual partners someone had? If anything, they'll get better at it with sexual partners. At least that's the logic in my brain. I think it's like it, a sport. Because according to the Bible, you need you can only do it with one person to be in God's like good graces. So wait, wait, wait. What if what if my wife dies and then I find a new person and I think that's the whip. exception is, is to that, the rule. Is but that, I don't know. That's pre chewed gum. Like the flavor's gone still. Oh God! (laughs) Jesus, I got questions. This metaphor never made sense. (laughs) (laughs) So many questions. I'm sorry. We've gone off the rails, and nobody's talking about Jamie. No, we stopped talking about Jamie. We should probably talk about Jamie. Yeah, we should probably talk about Jamie. I think the musical numbers are very well done. Obviously, they brought the guy that developed it um, on Broadway to direct it and all those same people. So when they cut songs or remove songs or add songs, it's done for a reason. And when they translate the songs, they do it so flippin' well. Oh, yeah. Like, 
when Jamie is like got his big like I want number where we're like flashbacking and he's like through a window and we see him reflected watching his past through that that's incredible and the new song um with Richard E Grant going through his home videos and they're just in the background of them heartbreaking Heart- I I cried first time I watched they legit almost cried I was like oh also, I I think I, when I was watching the stage show, they they it's the stage show is a lot more fun, and they don't touch a lot of like yeah. queer history, especially no. during the AIDS crisis, where drag and this type of performance art among the queer community was basically used as like a symbol to like defy the world. That's what like Pose is about essentially. It's people of color coming together in right. a world that doesn't accept them because they're queer and they're people of color. It's two things they don't want in the world. I think touching on the AIDS crisis and showing the young, the young queer people that drag is not just a thing that's on television. It's a thing we did in the night. It's a thing people did in the nineties mm. and the eighties to express it's a power. It's a It's very important culturally. Also, watch Paris is Burning. If you haven't seen Paris is Burning, watch it. It's an excellent documentary. It teaches you cool. so much about the history of ball culture. And Richard um, Grant does a pretty good job. They also the other singer on that song does a good job. I think it's like Holly Johnson. Um, I thought it was John McRae. Um, Spotify said something else. I don't know. Okay, because John McRae plays younger um, Loco Chanel, um, young Richard E. Grant, and John McRae was also the original Jamie in the pro shot in the original West End cast. And he was very um, good. He was very good, and he, um, for those of you who only watch Disney films, he played Artie, Artie and Cruella, where he was also very, very good, very underused, but great. Oh my god, that was him? Yes. Oh, he was so good, even though he was barely in it. Like, he's the best part of that movie. He's like the fifth first gay character in a Disney movie. Good on you, man. Yeah, can we have them kiss and have stories about them, or no? Yeah, can we have, like, actual queer people and not just people mention they have a wife? Like, by the way, I have a wife off screen. Yeah, oh, my wife and her kid, like... wasn't that the thing that happened in what you call it? Um, onward. Yeah, that happened in onward, and in Frozen, it's implied the guy in the song. It's implied the guy who runs the shop is gay because he is a there's a man and two children in the sauna. So it's implied he has a husband. Remember when LeFou was implied to be gay by he danced with a man with for dude? two seconds? Oh, yeah. Disney. Uh, yeah, but then not- again, this is a Disney film if you think about it, and Squint, and um, so this is an openly gay. <laughs> Disney character. It's a Disney film with fucking Todrick Hall in it, which is a very strange dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's also uh, like montage sequences in this movie of like pop songs, which I I don't like those. I, that was actually going to be one of my complaints. I like the first one because it's just setting up Jamie's morning and right. stuff. I did not like the one where he's working to a Todrick Hall song. Yeah. No, that was a bad song. Um, also, I just don't like Todrick Hall that much. <laughs> what do you have against Todrick Hall? I, I have don't, nothing I against am... Todrick Hall. I just never really liked his music. I am indifferent to him in nearly every way. Yeah, like, I'm meh on Todrick Hall. Like, I don't mind him. It's more like a... I, don't tr- I wouldn't, like, seek out his music on an active basis. He does make cool videos, though. i production straight level. out of Oz. Like, that's the only one I saw. I saw a little bit of that Cinderella one he did with Brandy. I'm a bad Cinderella and I'm bad to the bone. Is is that how it went? And And I wear a flannel. Yeah, yeah. Oscar-winning screenwriter Emerald Fennell wrote wrote the book to that musical. Apparently the book is not as bad as the songs, so. Have you seen Promising Young Woman? I have not seen Promising Young Woman. You would love it. That is like a movie that I know Liz would like. Yeah, I've been meaning to go to it. It's more like a... I don't. Uh, I just never haven't gotten to it yet. I have now that I've finished watching Sex Education, I can watch movies again. Oh boy! Um. Also, watch Sex Education, the TV show on Netflix. It's very good. Uh, it's um, is delightful. it better Sex Education than chewing a piece of gum will make you lose less flavor and less fuckability? There's you? literally an episode saying that abstinence-only education is bad in season three. So yeah. I mean, uh, is it bad? I mean, they, they... it is. It is. It is. It abstinence-only education in many states is shown to increase teen pregnancies and STI outbreaks. So, what was your sex education in your school? Um, pretty standard. I watched a video in fifth grade about how my. I feel like we've talked about this. I felt like this I has think come up in conversation. We did. I don't remember if it was recorded or not, though. <laughs> um, keep going. Tell the story. Um, uh, so. Uh, in fifth grade, they separated us boys and girls because this was back in the early 2000s. So 
gender gender was less of a thing we discussed back then um so we watched we were separated we watched the girls video to learn about periods and the boys watched the boys video to learn about how aids learn about how their thing works and then they combined us both and then we watched the boy girl video which is basically the boy video and the girl video spliced together Um, so we can learn about each other's issues did you take one in high school at all any health classes in high school i think i did yeah i took a health class yeah it's that feels like 20 years ago yeah Uh, um okay what do i remember about my health class it was a required class um oh the only the only story i remember from my middle school health class was we did a presentation on drugs so i did that too we were in groups and we picked a drug out of the hat and everyone wanted weed because it was the most fun and everyone already knew all the nicknames because you're 13 and immature and my group got weed so everyone was kept coming up to us and it's like i will trade you for ecstasy and various other things it's like no incredible no, that's all I remember from health class. Um, we got we we had a similar thing, but we had cigarettes. So I just edited together a bunch of cigarette ads and called it my presentation. <laughs> like, cause no one else knew video editing except for me, so that looked real impressive. And I was like, and that was my presentation. Everybody, I just I'm... stole other people's internet and then called it a presentation and got an A. I made a supercut of drug ads. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally what I did. Um, but for the, the only sex fan part, cams existed back then. AMVs. Uh, but I did use the 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 what you call it the David Fincher ad where it's a fetus smoking a cigarette because that was like my favorite commercial. Ah, uh, David Fincher did such good commercials. He did. Uh, but so we had. Did you have cops in your school? Probably not because you weren't in Detroit. Um. The one time there was a cop in my middle school is because um, there was weed reported in someone's locker. So that was just once. It was just one time. Yeah. Oh, so we had police officers, three of them stationed in our school in several places. Um, Officer Jackson, Officer T-Nut is what we call them. And one more officer that I don't. Officer Taylor. Um, so T-Nut, Taylor, and Jackson were our three security guards. Um, and they would come in to do like, the legal side of the sex education or health. And I just remember T-Nut, he's this very, very large African-American man with a goatee, but bald, the nicest man in the world. I loved him. He's like, you kids, I know you're going to be having sex, and that's fine, but you do not take pictures of yourself and send it to everyone. That is child pornography. (laughs) And he was like, and I was just like, man, that's good advice. He's like, they won't, what, like, you could have sex and it won't be a tr- big thing with people your own age. If you send that out, that is prison for life. I mean, it's like true. That, and it's a true. sex offender charge is not just as a thing you can walk off. And if anyone tells you they have a sex offender charge for, like, peeing outside a bar or something, they're lying. That is not how that works. This is they, very they, JJ Bittenbinder, Bittenbinder energy. <laughs> It was exactly that. It's very, it's very just, JJ Bittenbinder. It was very intense because our health teacher was just the gym teacher. He was like, yeah, here's a pamphlet of what we're talking about today. Label where the vagina parts are. Label where the penis parts are. All right. That was health class today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely had to do that at some point. I, oh, It was in science class, though, I believe, or something. I don't remember. Or maybe I the science class vagina, was the health class. I turned my vagina into like a reptilian creature that spat fire and then I hung it up and just wanted to see how long it would take for the health teacher to find it. I was that kid. I was the one who filled it out and didn't say anything. It's just like, don't talk it to me. It was a drawing. It was a drawing. And you, made art. you made art. I made art. I turned a vagina into art. Oh, such art of the vagina. I'm very curious as to whether or not you and I would have gotten along in high school. Like, I look at me and Andrew, and we did get along because we were both high schoolers when we knew each other. I look at me and Bree, and she would have been way too cool to even talk to me in high school. <laughs> well, I will say this. The person you are talking to now was the metric opposite of who I was in high school. <laughs> How do you measure that metrically? Um, it's not an exact metric, but let's just say <laughs> in high school, people were surprised when I actually spoke. Oh, uh-huh. So people are just if I go to a high school reunion and I'm like the person I am today, everyone will just be like, I didn't know you talked. Mm. I'm like, well, I talk now. Um, I didn't like it high school, so I didn't talk much. Like once I got a history, I got I got a government test back and I was always reading in that class because my teacher was a Republican and I hated it because he made it very obvious he was. <laughs> 
he was like, this is an unbiased documentary about political, the state of politics today. There's a 10 minute section about how Obamacare is Satan and how Hillary was like the devil's spawn. I'm like, um, unbiased saying, my ass. I'm not saying Hillary isn't like the best. I'm not saying Hillary's the best person ever, but I don't think the devil was involved in Hillary's <laughs> creations. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> But I remember I got, a, I got a government test back. I got like a B on it. And the thing that was written on the top is just like, try reading your history book and not the books you bring to class. Because I read in that class constantly. So I didn't have to talk to anyone. I remember I was very good at cheating. I was not a good student, but I, I, I got good grades. Yeah. Because I had a best friend who had a photographic memory, and I'm very good at turning things into songs so I remember it. So he would take my AP psych class that morning and just remember the ABCD <sighs> order in them and then just gave it to me, and I'd memorize that, and then I'd just take the test at the end of the day because that Amazing. was how we get. Um, and people just trusted me for some reason, which was a bad mistake. So they're like, hey, just go in the hallway and do your homework and work together with your best friend. And then he would just get all the answers right. And then I'd just be like, give me your scantron. <laughs> I was a bad student because I you didn't a give a shit about bad school. student. Oh, God, I cared. But that's... It's, it's the only way I could get through the day because then I, I mean, I, high school got better when I started doing theater, but that was after school. So yeah. I had to get through the day and then I could go do theater, which I'm like, yay, I can't My wait feet. to figure, I can't wait to not figure out what's going on in Les Mis today because I didn't know the plot until I watched the movie. Jesus. I worked on Les Mis. I didn't know what the plot was for the longest time. I was like, why do they keep changing ages? Who are these people? What the fuck is going on here? Watches the movie. Oh, that's the plot. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Also, I have my Les Mis production on DVD still. So Maybe we should watch that sometime. Aww. Patreon, get us to $400. We'll do it. I'm, I'm in the stage crew, so I only appear at the end. Oh, but... okay. So, I, mean, I did stage crew for four years. <laughs> So I've That's just built incredible. all the sets. So. I had a, I, oh, my, my drama teacher or the dr person that ran the drama department currently has me blocked on Facebook. So I guess that shows you how good a relationship we had. Oh, no. Um, it was awkward situation. I was a little edgy kid and I was just kind of like, I, I would know all my lines because I always got like the funny one i would get the dentist i would never get the lead i would get like the prince and into the woods i was never allowed to be the lead because i always had to go to the hot kid yeah that's how it works always yeah so i i yeah. my one thing in there it was a predominantly black school which is great and fine i just didn't want to ever be the racist i never wanted to i'll be i'll be in whatever show i just please do not make me someone that has to say the n-word <laughs> Yeah, we Please almost do did not make... hairspray at my school. Oh my god. We did not do hairspray because we are a mostly white school and that would have been super awkward to pull It off. would have been. But so we did, did I... West Side Story instead. Oh, that's much better. So Much better. Even better, I guess. Also, the guy who played um, Tony couldn't hit the high notes in Maria. So whenever Maria that's... came around, um, he couldn't hit the high notes. And during a during the Saturday matinee show, he tried to hit the high notes. And I was sitting backstage, and I finally cracked and laughed very <laughs> quietly in the back. And I was just praying that the Maria wasn't in the balcony already because she would have heard me and told the actor. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, shit. She showed up two minutes later to get on the balcony. I'm like, thank God. Oh, I was so tired. I was like, I was cracked. I was just like, oh my God. Okay. Ugh. That triggered another story um, of how our school did blackface. My, <laughs> let, school let, did, let... my school did brownface. Oh my gosh. So, as I said, predominantly black school, a lot of very talented black kids. Um, we did Pearly, and the only role for a white person was a racist. I didn't audition because I didn't want to be in that. And so I. I did not want to be the, I did not want to be the bigot. So I was like, I'm gonna not be involved in that. Um, so they casted the lead, cast the lead as a white girl, um, <clears throat> and they sent her to go get tan um, and tanning beds, and then they used some kind of pancake mix to darken her skin. Um, oh, the worst God. part is she wasn't even the most talented singer in the cast, so I don't understand why she got the lead. Um, so yeah, we put. 
a girl in blackface um, to put on Pearly. And I was not in that production because I was like, I did A, didn't want to be the racist. B, this is not going to happen well. No, it's not. Oh, this that's bad. That's bad. I didn't even end up seeing the show because I'm like, I don't need. I'm yeah. seeing this girl walk around with a fake fucking tan and brown on her skin, walking to school like a hate crime. Oh, I don't gosh. need to see this show. Oh, God. The world was a different time. It was 2014. What are you talking about a I different time? I don't know. The world is weird. <laughs> Dear God, um, high school theater. Speaking of high school, um, what else do we have to say about everybody's talking about you? That's a good point. We should probably get back to um i i loved i loved it um i think uh all ever all the actors do a great job max hartwood yeah. does a great job jamie in the stage show is very like flamboyant and he's very extra of a person every scene he's in he is gunning like 200 percent. and max hartwood is like at a 150 at a top but he'll a reasonable level he fluctuates throughout and it's makes it makes it very like it feels like a character arc and i think pretty the actress plays pretty is amazing Laura Patel, I think. Yeah. Uh, she does a great job. Uh, she has two songs basically about how Jamie is cool. Um, mm-hmm. but they're all they're both they're both really pretty songs, so I don't really care. <laughs> Can I I maybe this is just a, a situation that I don't know particularly well. Um, but there is specific rules in a lot of Arabic cultures about who when a man or woman can touch you and how they can touch you beforehand. Um, I have a friend, like my best friend in the world. He's Arabic. He's Lebanese Arabic. Love him to death. Women are not allowed to touch him, and he cannot shake their hands and all that um, because that goes to his wife. So it bothered me a lot when Jamie just goes and kisses Pretty <laughs> um, as just someone that's like, oh, you, you shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. You, should, you should really ask before you th- do things like that um, because culturally. cultural things. Check out that cult. Check out that cultural shit. So that bothered me a lot. That's like a yeah. one dumb kind of thing. Yeah, I did not know that, but now I've learned. Yeah, um, Mina might be able to correct me. Maybe I don't quite know. Yeah. Mina, you're uh, amazing. Shout out to Mina. You're amazing. You're British too, so you probably know like the. Oh, you probably know better than us. <laughs> yeah, you probably know better than us. But that was just a thing that's like, wait, wait a tick. Hold on. Hold wait on. Wait a there. minute. Hold hold on there. Hold, wait hold a on. Minute. <laughs> yeah. no, I I really loved it overall. It's it's really fun. What um, do you think is the best song number? It's, it's hard to say. I um, know. Like, the thing is, they are they are all do, done very well, but none of them also stand out. Yeah, they're all they all work together as a collective. So, right. Like like the first song is just Jamie expressing what he wants, and then it goes to "While My Head," where expressing how he is having trouble getting what he wants because he feels blocked, and then it all leads into whatever. Ugh. I don't know. I like the visuals of work of art. I think that that's done well. I honestly, I might say well in my head. I don't blame you. It's really simple, but it's really effective. Um, yeah. Um, here's the the thing where I'm, my favorite one is this was me just because that entire sequence tore my heart out. Oh yeah, that that too they took the moment that was my favorite song in the entire stage show refer back to the podcast we're like oh the ballad of loco chanel that's like the best scene i can't wait to see it in the movie and at first i was like oh we're not gonna have that scene and then i watched what they replaced it with i was like that's fine my heart (laughs) i love oh that that's also amazing yeah so that one's probably my favorite just because of how they did it cinematically and now i think it's time we compare this to another musical about teenagers um with a dad that's not particularly present and uh dealing with who you are and coming out of your shell and becoming your true self is um, his name out is his name dear his first name is dear <laughs> his name is evan <laughs> his, name his is last handsome. name's handsome He's just like John Wilkes Booth or Lee Harvey Oswald. He's destined to kill the president. Um, <laughs> he's destined for he's destined for terrible things. <laughs> he really is. Um, I mean, what is that? Is the the sequel? He's like, my name is Dear Evan Hansen, and I am here to kill you, Hillary Clinton president. That's the, that's the universe where Hillary Clinton actually wins the election. <laughs> yeah, but Dear Evan Hansen kills her. <laughs> Oh, and Tim Kaine steps up as president. Yeah. Everyone's favorite VP choice, Tim Kaine. Yeah, remember Tim Kaine? Yeah. He becomes president in the Dear Evan Hansen universe. Oh, God. But Dear Evan Hansen, very bad movie. Very you bad. finally watched it. So is it, yes. I, what's your review, like, aside from very bad? Uh, well, 
Oh, God. I watched this a couple days after my second watch of everybody's talking about Jamie. I was just like, okay, Jamie's made me so happy, and I loved it. It made me cry. It made me laugh. It made me feel joy. It made me feel all the good things. And then Dear Evan Hansen, my jaw was to the floor for half the running time, and I was just like, what? What? The complete incompetence of filmmaking Mm -hmm. and musical theater stylization um, it's non-existent in Dear Evan Hansen, and here it's used to such great effect. Seriously, like, half the choreography in Dear Evan Hansen is people walking in hallways. Center frame, walking through the hallway. Anonymous ones. <laughs> Dear God, also anonymous ones. Half-decent song doesn't need to be there. Like, what does it add? No offense to Amanda Stenberg, you're an amazing person, and you, pretty sure Amanda Stenberg's non-binary, so I'm gonna go they, them, yeah. but they are really good at acting. Like, they did a decent job with the scraps Apparently they, they were helped given. write that song. Oh. I, I learned that while I was doing a little recording with Emily. So huh. apparently Amanda helped write that song. Um, good on you. I wish the song was better. Good for you, um, Amanda Stenberg. Um, but I just... I feel like the song made Alana seem like a villain. Um, I feel like yeah. the song made Alana turn into the big bad of the story, as bad as that sounds. Yeah. Also, I love how during that conversation, Alana's just like, what what medications are you taking? That's not a thing you ask a person. Hey, what medications are you taking, Liz? I'm on um, Advil and melatonin I'm for, on, you know, my sleepy sleeps. I'm on ibuprofen uh, for my headaches. I take Allegra for my allergies, and I'm on Lexapro for my sadness. And I'm on Imodium for my diarrhea. <laughs> but, um, Jamie understands that telling a musical number can be cinematic and interesting. Yes. Like, they change the visual style of every musical number, depending on the context of it. You know, like a movie musical should be doing. Yeah, it's like it's very reminiscent of Chicago, where all the musical numbers are, like, kind of fantasy sequences. Yeah, but so. better. I'd say this does it better than Chicago. Yeah. Because of the transition into them are so, so seamless. Yeah, like, the transition in the opening number is just so good, because you just see the first desk light up, and you're like, oh, oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be yeah. great. And then he gets up from the desk, and you see the lot see the jamie show sign on the wall it's like oh this is a this is a real movie it was a nice it's a nice recovery from the amazon cinderella (laughs) it's like oh this is this is a real movie thank god dear van hansen doesn't understand any of these things no and this know another movie that doesn't understand any of these things the prom which also this is very similar to the prom yeah the prom movie has issues (laughs) not to mention not just emma being way too smiley it has Fundamental cinematic issues. I'm repressed. No one likes me. I was kicked out of my house, but my it's okay. My parents don't love me. <laughs> my girlfriend won't come out. I'm forcing her to come out. Why is she so mad at me? <laughs> the problem is a lot of problems with their musical numbers, too. The problem is yes. a lot of problems. End of sentence. Like, not not just the James Corden of it all. No, but it's fun to meme on James Corden. It is fun to meme on James w- Corden. You know what I want this director to do next? Um, they probably won't because, you know, the world doesn't like good things. Yes. They should direct the Be More Chill movie. <gasps> yes. Wouldn't that be so fucking good? That'd be so good, especially because it's more sci-fi. Like, Because oh. this, they show that they can do stylization. They understand how to tell a musical story. Um, and how to focus on high schoolers that feel like high schoolers and not just like 45-year-old men um, walking through a hallway. Um, <laughs> no, he's 17. He's just wearing 30 pounds of foundation. Let's think about this for a second. I'm sorry. This just popped right into my goddamn head. We do have the original Jamie in here in a role that suits them very well. Um, and therefore handing off the role to a newer, younger actor who does a very good job and feels suited to the role based on the age group of everyone else. Uh-huh. Why couldn't that have been a situation for another musical film, you know? With the main character of Deer. Yeah, Mr. Deer. Mr. Deer. Uh- <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. You're so silly you're, you're when you kill lie. The <laughs> you're so silly when you lie about your friendship, even though you had like six different chances to clarify it was a lie. Yeah, but all you they know? see is love for forever. Yay! I will say the movie does. I do like how in the movie Caitlin Dever is just super done with Ben Platt. It's just like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah, so leave my fucking family alone. Get Bye. the fuck away from me. Get, go away, dear. Bye, dear. Live a nice just, life. I don't want to see you again. I, I, I hope like you that have a ending. terrible life. 
Yeah, that's what I would say to him. All right, I was bringing this up to my girlfriend, and she fundamentally disagreed with the point I was trying to make, and I wanted to bring it up to you. Um, this has now become a Dear Evan Hansen hate podcast. It has, um, but also, this is a quick reminder, every segment of Jamie is very good. Very, very good. It's hard to talk about good things. Um, listen to our it The has. Band's Visit episode where we just talked about the election. Uh, <laughs> Iconic. Like, it was our last episode before the election, so we just were, like, real fucking nervous. The 2020 election or the 2016 yes. election? Oh, okay. 2020 election. So we're just like, bands visits good. All right, motherfuckers, you better go vote. <laughs> this is a voting podcast where we kind of talk about the bands visit. <laughs> yes, uh, we talked about it a little bit, and then we're like, elections coming up. If you don't vote, don't listen to us. <laughs> Please vote. Um, all right, back to what we were saying about Dear Evan Hansen. Caitlyn Dever's outfits. I feel like they could not decide her vibe at all. Like, the first times we see her, she's, like, this grungy, kind of flannelly look. And then the next time, she's, like, wearing these cutesy dresses and tank tops. And the next time, she's, like, wearing, like, heart sparkle dress. Like, in that last scene, I'm like, okay, okay, what what is your style? Who are you as a person? It feels like yeah. it changes depending on the scene. And yeah. I know it, it doesn't particularly matter, but I it, it, it was distracting for me. I'm like... I don't know because at first she's grungy i'm like all right that's an interesting take she kind of looks like the girl next door and then she kind of starts dressing a little bit more actively feminine yeah it's weird maybe it's supposed to indicate like her connecting with evan is like changing who she is or something but it doesn't work because no they have the chemistry of me and a piece of cardboard um it feels cynical to me where they're trying to remove the idea of her being a romantic object in those scenes, like during like, uh, bah, 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 what the fuck is that song called? Um, if I could tell her, yeah, if I could um, tell her, she's like wearing the jeans and the flannel and all that. Then when she shows up at his door, she's like wearing this cute little dress, and they're gonna sing about how they're in love. Yeah, they're we're in love now because I really like you for some reason. I don't know why. She likes older men. It's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm I'm no king shaming here. <laughs> But it's just I like mean, her and Catherine Zeta Jones, hand in hand, love older men. Yeah, I mean, I, remember, I love the that song opens with just like, like, don't give me reasons to not like you, and I'm like, I can think of seventeen reasons to not like. Like, him. even if I didn't know anything about him, just looking at him, I can tell you about tw- a thousand reasons to to let go of him. Like he looks like an incel. <laughs> I don't think it's an incel. He looks like a dude that shits his pants and then lies about. <laughs> It's like a dude who, like, you pour, like, it's like you pour soup in his lap and he'll apologize to you for being present. No, no, no. He looks like a guy that goes to furry conventions as a crinkler. Do you know what a crinkler is? Oh, God. What the fuck is a crinkler? So, in the furry community, um, it's very hard to get out of your fursuit, especially in conventions. So, they wear diapers, adult oh, diapers. And they can tell who is wearing adult diapers because they crinkle when they walk. So, they're oh, crinklers. Oh, yeah. I think I knew that, actually. And it becomes a fetish in and of itself is crinklers. He yeah. looks like a crinkler. He does kind of look like a crinkler. Take that for what it's worth. And that's what you get on the Patreon side. That's something Brie would 100% cut out, but we're keeping it in. <laughs> We're we're rebels here on the Patreon. <laughs> Liz, what is your overall thoughts on everyone's talking about Jamie and your cheese rating? I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It's a lot of fun. It is also very sad uh, at times, but it has a the well, like conclusion is a little bit like too perfect and like well like per it's a little too perfect. Like why like uh, the whole Dean thing is weird. Like, the way they handle that. Yeah. It's, it's that's a not, like, the one big critique I have. Yeah, that's the main thing. Um, the, the pop song montages, they're not great. Um, they're the worst part of it. In yeah, the first one, I liked the first one, as I didn't like the rest of them. Because I like that first song better. Um, but otherwise, I don't see have that many problems with it. Other than, like, little nitpicky things. I think it does a lot really well visually and cinematically. And the music is well produced. It doesn't feel like a movie soundtrack which is no. like usually overproduced and overly auto-tunes. I'm talking about you, the prom. Um, yeah. It's really bad. Listen to, just listen to the, pro, just for the prom, just listen to the Broadway soundtrack. Love That Neighbor is way better. Yeah. So that's my favorite song in that. It's a great song. It's a great scene. Um, it's a great Badly scene. done, the movie. Very Who badly done. Down fucking mall. Fucking Andrew Reynolds. Andrew Reynolds is better. Uh, he was good. He was not the problem with that song. Let's say that. No, nah, the production was bad. It was real bad. Yeah. But yeah, the, the songs feel... Like, they feel well-produced and stuff. Um, so I would thoroughly recommend this um, if you're looking for a fun time. 
and it is just it's very good. It has a Bianca Del Rio's in it for two seconds. Like I can't hate it. Mm. So it's great. On that note, what's your cheese rating? Uh, I'm going to give it a rainbow grilled cheese. Why? Because uh, it is fun and gay. Um. All right. I am going to. I love this show. It's very good. I love the stage show, and it's two different things. Like they're two very good at things that are good at what they're doing for their specific audiences in different ways. Um, they are both equally perfect for their medium, which is rare to say about stage and screen adaptations. Um, and I'm very glad we have the pro shot. I'm very glad we have the movie. Two very different things, though, and they're both equally wonderful. So the only cheese rating I can give it is a loco cheese dip um, because of loco Chanel. Oh, loco Chanel. All right, Liz, anything else you want to say before we wrap this on up? Uh, watch this movie. Don't watch Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> yes, I agree. And also I have a little advice for the young people out there. You know, sometimes you take a bit of chewing gum and then you chew it and then you give it to your friend and then it doesn't taste as good. That's you after you've watched your <laughs> On that note, we'll see you next time on Patreon with Cheese. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I didn't hear that. So, Jamie, you never answered the question. What do you want to be, love? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.